Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. It is officially on the books right now. Listening to what Rush Limbaugh was saying, he's right 100%. I miss that man probably every day. I miss him at noon. He was a part of my life for years. His ripple effect has touched all of us. But you have to enjoy the new voices that have emerged as leaders in not just conservatism, but insanity, in justice, in honesty, in facts, in all of it. And Tucker Carlson has been a formidable one. And God bless him. I support him 100%. I enjoy hearing what he has to say. I find him to be fair. I think he's funny. I, I enjoy his ability, much like Rush Limbaugh, to make fun of himself in his lack of connection necessarily to, let's say, what he talked about yesterday with Larry Sinclair. Tucker Carlson doesn't have the foggiest idea personally about the gay community, about drug use, et cetera, et cetera. And he comes across as being somewhat, you know, he's a noob about it. And it makes sense. And he laughs at himself because he doesn't he doesn't pretend to have all the answers. He's legitimately interested in hearing what people think. That is so refreshing. So sitting down yesterday with Larry Sinclair, this is the guy who alleges that in 1999, while he was in Chicago, that he did cocaine with Barack Obama, who preferred to to smoke his, apparently, and then performed oral sex on the then state senator from Illinois. You know, it is a story that Sinclair has told before, but it's worth noting Because it reminds us of the partnership between the media and the Democrat Party. There were also some pretty interesting details about big tech and and a strange death in this sit down with Tucker and Larry Sinclair. 
Now, we're going to get to the first part. How, how basically did you meet Barack Obama? You were there in, in Chicago. You were there for your godchild's graduation from some kind of a military academy. How did you happen upon Barack Obama, who was then a state senator in Illinois? Here's the beginning. Go. I had no idea that he was a representative in the Illinois House. I had no idea he was in politics. I just knew that he was supposedly married and at the time was going through some some issues with the marriage. He said that? That was made clear. Yeah. Um, did he say what kind of issues? No. Nope. Remember? No. Nope. So you said, I'm looking for someone to wake up. He knows you're referring to cocaine. I know where to get it. What happens next? We get back in the limo. The driver takes us wherever it is that Barack had instructed him to take us. I had given Barack $250 to pay for coke. He gets out, comes back. Um, I start putting a line on a CD tray, uh, to snort. Uh, and you're you're in, in the, the limo. limo. Yep. Driving or parked? No, the driver's driving. Yep. I start to put a line on a, on a CD tray, and I just happen to notice that he pulls something else out of his pocket. And next thing I know, he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So I don't have an issue with it. I mean, some people smoke, some people snort. Smoking the cocaine. Yes. So as I'm doing a line, I just start... This is the part where you, you know, you kind of make your move to, to see where things are going. So I just started rubbing my hand along his thigh to see where it was going. And it went the direction I had intended it to go. Um, so the night became somewhat active sexually and drug wise in the limo. Um, so you hit on him. Did he seem shocked by that? Not at all. Not at all. Wasn't shocked, didn't move me away. You know, I would think somebody who was not inclined to have gay sex with someone would probably be like, yo, and this is very interesting. Because this comes out, this is how Tucker says, well, wait a minute, is this, what was his demeanor like? Was this transactional? And the interview continues, number two. And you've been around at this point in your life, big time. Yeah. Right. So probably not your first time in a situation like this not at all and and that's why i said i pretty much know where i can go and and yeah at at what point um so you start rubbing his leg and he's i mean i i think i was be totally blunt with you like a man who's not into gay sex would be like whoa whoa, settle down trust me if it was something that you were not interested in yeah. Uh, and you're right. I've had guys that uh, I read wrong that would literally try to break your hand. For sure. Uh, if, if you went in that route. So it, it's not like this was something that he wasn't into. It's yeah. not something that he was shocked by. Yeah. Uh, shocked by you don't get excited and you don't unbutton your pants and you don't just sit there and let it happen. Yeah. So it wasn't it definitely wasn't Barack's first time uh, that much. I'm I'm absolutely certain of. Uh, and I would almost be willing to bet you it wasn't as last. So 24 years after this happened, 24 years after Larry Sinclair was silenced by the media, essentially, and it got worse. He's telling Tucker Carlson that he had sex with Barack Obama and smoked crack cocaine, did cocaine with him. 
right? I mean, it, how many people have, have talked about this in some semblance of circles? And you've been told you're crazy. That's a conspiracy theory. Well, now it's all on the table, ladies and gentlemen. What's off limits? How, how many rabbit holes aren't actually rabbit holes? How many of them aren't holes at all? And then he describes being in Mexico and watching Barack Obama as the as the candidate for president for the Democrats walk across the stage and being like, wait, what? Listen. Um, did you talk to him again? I did not. In fact, I. And did you have any idea, even though you had sex with him twice, you did cocaine with him, watched him smoke crack twice. You had no idea who he was. I had no idea who he was until I'm sitting in my house in Tequala, Nagate, Mexico in 2004. And he walked on that stage. In Boston. In the DNC convention. And I literally hit the floor. I just hit the floor and was... Wait, so you're watching the Democratic convention from Mexico. I was and laughing. And the guy that smoked crack in your comfort in with you. I was laughing so hard. And you were sure it was him? I was absolutely positive. How? You, I don't forget people I've met. I don't forget people I have spent time with. I just don't. And just to, just to restate, because I think you affirmed this, but um, he used his real name. When you yes. Did he call himself Barack or Barry? Barack. Barack. And so did the driver. So he sees him walk across the stage. He's watching in Mexico. The guy who he's done drugs with. He performed oral sex on twice. This is going to be the Democrats candidate for, for president. What? So so what happened next? Says Tucker Carlson. And this is where he started telling his friends. Go. So you're sitting there in Mexico watching this and you think that's the guy I had sex with who smoked crack it with me. Yep. And what do you think? Like I said, I just started cracking up. I freaked out. I had even pointed out to some friends of mine that were at the house that night. And I told them, I said, you're not going to believe this. I said, I blew this guy twice. <laughs> you know, and they just start cracking up. Wow. Now, why didn't this come out? Why wasn't this widely known? Why did a lot of people know, but nobody was allowed to say anything, even back in 2007? Well, because it was pretty interesting. There was a mechanism, there was a machination of silence even then. And we're going to get into the next elements of this audio sound because he brings in something that's dark. And it connects some dots. You guys remember Reverend Jeremiah, right? Mr. Your chickens are going to come home to roost. That guy, the guy who for 20 years pretty much indoctrinated a, a Barack Obama, who was one of his faithful, one of his flock. Jeremiah Wright was able to share his American-hating ideology with Barack Obama, Right? And there was somebody inside that church who was the choir director. That choir director who Larry Sinclair never once met ended up calling him, phoning him, asking Larry Sinclair questions about his escapades with then state Senator Barack Obama. Why? What was the point of it all? And why did that man, the choir director, mysteriously die? 
not that long thereafter. We're going to go there next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So Larry Sinclair watches Barack Obama walk across the stage at the DNC. Wait, I smoke crack with this guy. Wait, I, I had sex with this guy. Here he is, his family man, anti-drugs. That's not, that's not, that's not real. And that bothered Larry Sinclair. And he wrote a letter to the DNC saying, hey, wait a minute. You got to know something about your guy. He slept with me. I'm a dude. We smoke crack cocaine. So what ends up happening? Does the DNC get in touch with him? No. Some guy named Don Young, who apparently was the gay choir Master at Reverend Jeremiah Wright's Chicago Church reaches out to Larry Sinclair. Wait, what? Audio soundbite five. So um, I've read about your story to the extent it's been written about not very much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'd never read that Donald Young, this man Donald Young, called you and told you that he knew you'd had sex with Barack Obama. That was the contact in late 2007 that I had that originally came under the guise that they were the they were part of the Obama campaign. So who was Donald Young? Donald Young was a choir director and a school teacher. He was the choir director at Jeremiah Wright's church in Chicago, the same church that Barack Obama went to. Uh, he was also a very openly gay black yes. man. Uh, but very well respected. Did you know him? I had never met him. I had not even realized that the person who was communicating with me had been killed uh, until a good two months after. So uh, I'm going to get to that. So Donald Young is the choir director at Jeremiah Wright's church. Yes. And is it publicly confirmed that he knew Barack Obama? Oh, yes. Yes. Donald Young's own mother has repeatedly said that she feels that her son died to protect Barack Obama. It's just interesting that Donald Young would have called you. He's not working directly for the campaign that we know of. Exactly. But somehow he has a copy of your letter. It sounds like maybe Donald Young was on cleanup duty. Somehow he has my phone number. Exactly. And that's exactly what it was, because like I said, the first calls were it was I was led to believe that he was with the campaign. The last conversation that I had had with Donald Young, he had actually come clean and said that he had been asked to call me and that his job was to get as much information from me as far as who I had spoken to, who I had given any information to. Sounds like they were running interference, but then Donald Young ends up dying and two other people in that church also ended up dying within months of Donald Young. This is also weird. Why are people dying in Barack Obama's orbit? Is is it like the chef? Is it like Hillary Clinton and her chef? People who just die when they get close? What is it? Audio soundbite number six to finish this. He had told me to be careful to watch myself and to understand that the Barack Obama campaign was not in any way, shape or form going to acknowledge anything or come out about anything. And he had made it clear that he had known Barack for quite some time and had had an intimate relationship with Barack for quite some time. He told you that? Yep. 
And that's when I knew that I could at least trust what I was being told. Um, originally, I had made it clear I didn't feel comfortable with the phone call because something just didn't seem right. But after a couple of calls, it started to all fall into place. And I had said the same thing to myself. Wait, so you didn't know Donald Young existed? Nope. It sounds like you're not very political anyway. You weren't. At the I wasn't at the time. And you were just annoyed that Obama was talking about cocaine and lying about it. I was extremely annoyed. But the sex part had nothing to do with it. No. Then Donald Young, who you don't know, never heard of, calls up and says, by the way, I know you had sex with Barack Obama. I did too. Yep. Pretty much. So where do we stand? How is it that Donald Young would pass away? Why is Larry Sinclair coming out and saying all this? How wasn't he taken out? That'd be a little too obvious. So we started asking more questions. Isn't it odd that Barack Obama's chef dies, quote unquote, by an accidental drowning in Massachusetts? Outside the palatial $12 million home of the Obama family. And even more curiously, that this strong, able man who enjoyed paddleboarding was found naked. What's that? So we started digging into some medical examiner records. Isn't it convenient that in the state of Massachusetts, autopsy records are not public? So then we started digging into the medical examiner. Well, who is this person? And we found something that I think you need to know about. Because if we can agree that the media specifically didn't cover Barack Obama being gay or at least bi and liking to smoke crack because they were influenced, don't you dare report on this or you will never have access to our administration. And so mom was the word. Is that what went on with COVID? Is that what went on with January 6th? Is that what went on with November 3rd? Where does it end? Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. If America is awakening after hearing the interview with Tucker Carlson and Larry Sinclair to the dawn of a new day in which America might possibly have already had its gay president, first gay president, first active drug using president, then what is the limit? What is off limits? What is off the table? Because we were told these were all conspiracy theories. Every single thing that we talk about. Oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, you're into the big lie. Oh, you don't believe in the climate change. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're anti-science. Oh, you're anti-vax. No, what I am is 100% liberty. You do you, and you stay the hell away from me, okay? I'm not going to meddle in your business unless you're making me pay for it. I don't care what you do. That's on you. But don't tell me that because we have credible questions that you can just be shooed away like a toddler pulling on your leg. Oh, beat it. Oh, go away. I'm busy. No. Because you work for us. And you can go after all of the freedom-loving Americans that you want. And you can say that you're ensnarling them in some January 6 garbage. We see for what it is. We see it. That is why you have blacks for Trump, Latinos for Trump. That is why independents 
are voting the way they're voting. That is why the polls are suggesting what they're suggesting. (laughs) This isn't complicated. Common sense conservatism, I tell you every single day, is not complicated. So why is it so dang difficult to get answers about what the hell happened to Barack and Michelle Obama's chef? How does a man who is strong, able, who has been in the employment of the Obamas since they were in the White House, what could possibly have happened for that individual to die naked right off of the coast of the Obama's home in Massachusetts. And then why aren't you allowed to ask about that? Because isn't that weird? Now, if I'm working for somebody, if Brock is my boss, right? And Brock lives in this beautiful palatial estate, Martha's Vineyard, wherever the hell it is, right? And I am getting paid to cook for the family and others. Am I really going to go paddleboarding naked on the shore of their home? I mean, really? And you're just supposed to take it. It's sort of like all those excess deaths out there and those people dying suddenly. Eh, it's just something that happens. Just move along. Really? Cause of death of Barack Obama's personal chef, Tafari Campbell, revealed. Really? The the Obama family's beloved personal chef, Tafari Campbell, died of accidental drowning and paddleboarding in a Martha Vineyard lake. Autopsy confirmed. Campbell's cause of death has officially been ruled to be submersion in a body body of water. That sounds to me like drowning. The results of Campbell's autopsy, though, have not been made public as per state policy. So they desperately just want you to be like, oh, my gosh, that's such a bummer. What happened? His wife and kids, oh, that must be so hard. Oh, well, next. But that's not really the way it's going. So we started doing some digging. Here's what we know about the former Obama chef autopsy. The most recent reports, including the Massachusetts State Police's own statement, claim that The death of Tafari Campbell, Obama's former chef, was an accident. Wild theories have simultaneously emerged that argue otherwise. So what do we actually know? All of the official reports essentially say the same thing. Black guy seen falling off his paddleboard, struggling to stay afloat, staying fully submerged. This was called into the police by a woman paddleboarding nearby who tried but failed to reach the man in time. The man was found the next day in about 100 feet off of the shore from Obama's Martha's Vineyard estate in roughly eight feet of water. Guy was identified by a Secret Service agent to the police to be Tafari Campbell, the chef. They reported seeing no outward marks and would indicate foul play. Why does somebody fall off of a paddleboard and die? They don't. If you're out paddleboarding, wouldn't you assume you're a pretty good swimmer? Mm. Stop. So we awaited autopsy reports to prove no foul play, only to be told August 23rd that Tafari drowned due to submersion in a body of water. In other words, he drowned because he drowned. That's per the Massachusetts Executive Office of Public Safety and Security. That's not very helpful. 
So a lot of folks started digging, and it turns out that it is illegal in Massachusetts to publicly view autopsies. However, the trail didn't stop there. Upon further research, and I'm reading an article from Rare.us. Upon further research, the Massachusetts offer off office rather of the chief medical examiner has faced controversies for many years regarding autopsies. That's so weird. An early 2023 report, so earlier this year, from Boston 25, shows that the medical examiner's office in Massachusetts has received 75% more funding and substantially more employees since 2018, despite even worsening performance. When did Barack and Michelle Obama land on Martha's Vineyard? 2019. The report, point, report points out that the chief medical examiner, a woman named Dr. Mindy Hull, oversaw the fudging of numbers in order to keep the office's accreditation. Despite these illegal moves, Dr. Mindy's office went from a $9.7 million budget in 2017 to a $17 million budget in 2023. Now, either a lot more people are dying in Massachusetts, and who knows? Or something's going on. Her office is currently one of the highest paid state positions in Massachusetts. Now, the real kicker is that, according to the Boston 25 report, at a report from Boston.com, Dr. Mindy and her aide, Linda Ricobene, were accused of improperly performing autopsies and massively cutting corners to keep up with the national pace. According to another Boston 25 report, families have waited several months, even years, to receive their autopsy reports. While it appears the historically unreliable and inefficient examiner's office completed Tafari Campbell's in roughly one month. What's going on? Democracy dies in darkness, says the Washington Post below the mast. Democracy dies in darkness. Well, we don't live in democracy then. This is not a democracy. It's long not been a democracy. We have been captured. We are a captive America. And these people have infiltrated every aspect of government. And now they have seeped into local and state offices. And the kryptonite of evil and that darkness is asking questions and wanting truth and digging for answers. And doing your own research. And that is exactly why Harvard University, Harvard gets 0.00 on the freedom of speech scale. Not allowed to have it there. You are there to be captured. To be indoctrinated, to become a clone trooper. Members of the media, fake news. Why does Donald Trump call them that? Because they are captive They are beholden to the force in power. 
the puppeteer behind the curtain. All of them connected, I believe, in a tawdry and disgusting web of blackmail. And the only reason people get into the club, whether it be in Hollywood or in media or in pharma or what have you, the presidency, is if you prove your value. This is my hypothesis. And so you have to do things that are ungodly things. Do they have to do with children? Maybe. Does it have to do with murder? Maybe. Does it get deeper than that? Can it? I don't know. I'm not supposed to ask. And then that is used against these people to enforce a strict code of silence. It's easy to feel as though they are so numerous that they outnumber us in so many ways. They just have a megaphone. They just sit in positions of tenuous power. But last time I crunched the numbers... There are 330 million of us, even the stragglers on the left who still don't know what the hell is going on, who don't realize that we're fighting for them alongside ourselves and the people we love. We're fighting for people who hate us. And they don't, they're too dumb to realize it. That's the kick in the pants. Right? We outnumber the people who are in quote-unquote charge, the ones who live this dark life that are desperate, where these weird coincidences happen, right? There are far fewer of these people than there are people who stand for liberty. Don't doubt that. And don't doubt, as I tell my son going to college soon, don't doubt the power of being one. If you are only the one, that's called a movement. And that's what it's going to take. All right, against my will, I told you I had some Fauci news for you. I do. And I think it's worthwhile. I think you need to hear it. So hang tight. We're back on the Wendy Bell Radio Program in moments. So, yes, it is all about the money. Fauci and others getting rich on all of their contracts, getting rich on the portion that they own, the stocks, the big pharma. Isn't it so gross? Don't you just feel so yucky after you hear some of these things? Fauci sort of like Joe Biden saying, I never, not once, absolutely never, ever, 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 ever talked to my son. No, there was a wall between us. It was well known. In fact, we never talked about anything, <laughs> right? Because Hunter was always high and I was demented. But other than that, Fauci, Senator Paul, you do not know what you're talking about. My Fauci is kind of like a Bernie. He's like a Bernie Tony. I'm sorry. Under oath, talking about gain of function research, U.S. taxpayer funded gain of function research. I didn't know any. No, we didn't. We didn't do that. We know, of course, he lied. We know that there was gain-of-function research when Frankensteinian lunatics decide to meddle with things that ought not be meddled with to see if they can make them worse. 
Who wants to make a virus worse? Somebody wants to come in on the white horse with the antidote. Or the population killer. Depends on how you look at it. On the Defender, you know, childrenshealthdefense.org. This is Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s site. Fauci knew in extraordinary detail about the NIH's ties to coronavirus research at the Wuhan lab. I'm going to give you as much as I can give you on this because it is important because this guy is trying to rear his ugly head again. Go away. Get locked up. Somebody who's a Republican in Congress, grow some, grow a pair. Enough is enough. Here's the story by Emily Kopp. Dr. Anthony Fauci, a leader of the U.S. response to the coronavirus pandemic and one of the most influential scientists in infectious diseases research for decades, knew in extraordinary detail the breadth of novel coronavirus research underway in Wuhan, China, within a month of the globe learning of the Wuhan novel coronavirus. Fauci, what? I thought it was such a shock. Fauci had been informed in January 2020 that his institute had funded the discovery and study of dozens of novel coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, because that makes sense. We should totally be working with the Communist Chinese Party. Let's do that. That's perfect. Let's do that. Do you guys want to buy all of our farmland, too? How about our oil rigs? Let's go. Including the closest cousin virus to SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. New records show a new email obtained how? Oh, that's right. Through a Freedom of Information Act request and lawsuit confirms that privately Fauci knew the magnitude of the coronavirus research going on at the coronavirus pandemic's epicenter, even while publicly shrugging off suggestions that the pandemic began with a research accident as being conspiratorial. Everything's a conspiracy, isn't it? Until it's all true. This apparent deception has held back the public's understanding of the matter and hindered independent investigations into the source of the worst pandemic in a century. And here are the nuts and bolts. In an email dated January 27, 2020, Fauci received talking points for a press availability that evening. An aide laid out in detail the research at the Wuhan lab funded by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, the institute Fauci steered for decades. Through the nonprofit EcoHealth Alliance, its president, Peter Daszak, and its contracted lab, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, NIAID had funded the discovery of 52 novel Saber or Sarber Sarba coronaviruses. <laughs> That's code for coronaviruses related to SARS. The species that SARS-CoV-2 belongs to. These included the closest known relative of the NCOV or the novel coronavirus quickly spreading around the globe. Quote, EcoHealth Group, Peter Daszak, etc., has for years been among the biggest players in coronavirus work, also in collaboration with Ralph Barrick. From UNC Chapel Hill, wrote Fauci's chief of staff. Come on, man. 
Of course, when the defender reached out to the NIAID for comment, they got crickets. EcoHealth and its partner lab sampled 47 sites across South China, where the oldest relatives to SARS-CoV-2 circulate. With funding from Fauci's Institute, a.k.a. your money, virus hunters sampled more than 10,000 bats and around 2,000 other mammals whose species are not specified. Research by the University of North Carolina coronavirologist Barrick found that some of these coronaviruses could bind to ACE2, a receptor on cells found in the lungs, heart, and blood vessels. Isn't all of this so weird? I was canceled for asking questions about this. I lost a radio job for saying that it didn't add up. We think Harvard gets a 0.00 on the freedom of speech scale. I'm going to think the entire apparatus of all of these dirtbags who lie, who are part of a scheme to defraud, to corrupt, to molest our Constitution so that they can get away with virtual murder, in some cases not virtual, is disgusting. Alas, on the second anniversary of the Wendy Bell Radio Network, we've only begun to fight. Come back. Join us. We'll see you next time, just 21 hours away. Peace. Peace.